0: Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe.
2: Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luca and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment with her ouchy back, Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise?
1: <laughs> Happy Friday. Glad to be back.
2: If you're watching the Memberg's version of this, you have just seen Denise do this big back stretch just before we started recording. Yeah, are like, we
1: on video? <sighs> I thought we were just we on, on audio.
2: We are on audio, yeah, but like Memberg's, people who are like our members on YouTube get to watch the video version of this as well.
1: Oh, so everybody just saw me stretching because my back hurts. <laughs>
2: Yeah, why does your back hurt so much?
1: Because every time I get cold air on it, it starts to hurt, and so it's hurting now.
2: Oh, sorry. You said that so sad. It genuinely made me really, like, sad about, oh, no, Denise.
1: (laughs) No, that's it. It's going to hurt for, like, the rest of the day. Like, the second I get back pain, it'll last for a full 24 hours. It's lovely.
2: Well, we're also joined by this week's guest on the podcast first time this has actually happened since we changed the format that the guest wants to do the podcast outro and with us as well tempest t wrestler how are you sir
3: that's that's me my back doesn't hurt (laughs) why doesn't your back hurt uh because i put a uh, put my wrestling training on hold until the pandemic can can sort itself out and my back is is much happier for it lovely Excellent news
2: well we're going to get into the show itself big show this week got a lot to talk about lots of chats to get through so here it is
1: i was 15 minutes early to today's stream luke
2: were you 15
1: 15 minutes early considering that we did not start until very late i was 15 minutes early that's it that's the record that i'm going with for today
2: yeah actually i think i'll give you that one yeah apologies everyone we had so thank you all for (laughs) jumping across to the new link as well like StreamYard yard just would not push us life for whatever reason just would not push us live apparently they've been having some issues so we created a new stream thank you all so much for joining us and also a thank you to uh, for joining us today denise salcedo's breakfast buddy it's tempest the wrestler how are you tempest
3: we're live pal I'm i'm doing well <laughs> i'm doing well luke we had a very lovely time in chicago and now all that is over and we're back to all working remotely and it's a little bit sad but it was a good weekend, so plenty of good memories to look back on.
1: We're I mean, back to reality—is what we are.
3: A little bit.
2: I am. I, um, I, I so I had an email. We got an email yesterday to the podcast uh, from someone who was just like, "All Out feels like the new WrestleMania weekend. Like, do you think like a more like wrestling companies are getting around for All Out? And then they sent the email. It was really weird because there were all of these American journalists that were getting together. Like Denise was there and Sean was there. Like all the Fightful team were there. Alex was there. Ch- you know, Church of Joshi were there. But the British boys didn't go across at all. Where were the Wrestle Boys? Where were Cultaholic? And we were like, Lads, there's a pandemic on. Getting across isn't exactly the easiest thing in the world. Also, might become a dad at some point. soon. can't really believe in the country. However, that does not stop. Becoming a dad is going to be the greatest thing in the world. But when I woke up on Sunday morning and there was just video after video and picture after picture of all of you guys hanging out together, having fun with your all little in jokes and your new little stories that you've got together. Oh, did I have a little grumbly cup of coffee in the morning? Oh, I bet it's not that good, though. I mean, I can do rubbish over there, really.
1: Were you talking smack on us, Luke? Were you like, I hope that bad things happen to them? I hope that... Uh.
2: I mean, How Denise, when mad you got, were you, Luke? When you got stuck outside the building and you did not get back to your hotel room until like two hours before your flight, I was like, good. I'm, I'm glad that you had that hey.
1: He was there, yeah. too.
2: I'm glad Tempest got stuck too, because I didn't get to have fun with all of you guys today. So I'm glad you had a terrible end to it. That is just mean, Luke. I didn't know you had this
1: in you. I didn't know you had one mean bone in you. And now (laughs) we know the truth. The truth, Owen, has been revealed. Here we are, all happy for you. And you were wishing us bad stuff.
2: bad vibes i was sending out bad juju into the world being like well i hope they don't get a taxi back to the hotel rooms well Although, tempest I mean- and
1: i we had breakfast we oh, yeah. uh we're, we we went to all the shows together uh what else, i was gonna say what else did we do we did the um we got stranded together he sat behind me at all out i mean we
2: like- sat together all out as well yeah, he sat oh, behind man.
3: me oh man. i I was get surrounded me. at all out by Denise in front of me, Sean on one side, Izzy on the other side, and Phil Lindsay behind me. I was surrounded by great people. He was oh what what a way what a way to watch the show. but we also uh we also did GCW when you were ring announcing. I got to see that uh, very cool. and we did karaoke that Luke didn't get to go to. Yeah, d- no, I didn't. We
1: did karaoke, Luke. We sang, oh, and I know danced, it. and cheered, and <laughs> ate food. Well, I didn't eat food. I but saw other
0: you. I saw
2: you take a terrible stunner from Sean Ross
0: savage
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like honestly, like it was, it was genuinely wonderful to like wake up on that Sunday morning and just seem like you all have a really nice time. Like it genuinely. Don't was lie like a- now,
1: Luke. Don't lie. Don't take <laughs> it back. You said what you said. <laughs>
2: it was like it was falling apart genuinely i was so jealous though so so jealous like i had a lovely weekend and everything and me and my wife went out and had a lovely cup of coffee together but at the same time it wasn't quite like being in chicago for all out um and then yeah so like let's let's get into our main topic conversation um because aew did a great number this week and in the words of cm punk
3: pardon pardon my lewdness i got a boner for that
2: so is that my video was,
1: footage, Luke?
2: It is. It is your video. Oh yeah, I saw your oh, video footage.
1: I, thanks. I'm gonna. Ha- I'm gonna send you an <laughs> evil copyright notice. i will be like, and you know, I copyrighted three people.
2: I saw you had a busy day yesterday. Like yeah, you, you like, woke up in a sassy mood. You were calling out people in your comment section. You were like throwing the ban hammer down. You were throwing copyright strikes out the wazoo.
1: And I'm savage too. You know how they give you the two <laughs> options: the seven day notice and the immediate takedown plus a copyright strike. I do the immediate takedown in a copyright strike.
2: Oh yeah, there was part of me because we um uh, we and we did credit you for it though. We used some of your footage in the Wrestle Talk News on the uh, the Monday episode to be like, look how you know like here's Daniel Bryan to- uh, Brian Danielson talking about these things. Here's Ruby Soho. Here's Adam Cole. I'm gonna C. contact Trump.
1: Ollie Davis right now, and I'm gonna be like, "Where's my cut of this?" Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, Denise, with your link to it in the video description. I would wager that we sent a lot of people your Thank way. You.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you very much.
2: You're very welcome. We made a heck of a lot of money off your hard work. So thank you very much for being you. Um, but yeah, no, so like, let's dive into this. AEW Dynamite did, uh, it was a 1.3 rating overall, which, you know, uh, that is the second highest rating the show has ever done outside of its debut episode back in October 2019. In the 18 to 49 demographic, Dynamite drew a 0. 0.52 rating, which is up 40% from the previous week. And it beat WWE Raw in that 18 to 49 demographic, averaging 681,000 viewers in that category, topping Raw's 678,000 viewers. It was 3,000 more viewers uh, was how they beat them in that rating. Finished first on cable for the night, 18 to 49. Brandon Thurston over at WrestleNomics did an amazing breakdown of this, as he always does. A fabulous, fabulous resource and great, great man as well. Friend of this show. Um, Not only said this is the first time that Dynamite has beaten Raw in that category, in the same week, they also were ahead of Raw in uh, the males 18 to 49 and uh, people 35 to 49 ranked number one in cable across all shows 18 to 49 the highest quarter in total viewership was the seventh quarter for the angle involving the elite which also included danielson and cole which drew 1.5 million viewers That was the highest rated segment on the show. The second highest rate on the show. Wonderful to see this. Ruby Soho versus Jamie Hater was the second highest rating on the show. So uh, the second biggest segment. So that's great news. First off, uh, Denise Alcedo, you were there for All Out. You got to see the debuts of Cole Danielson Soho. Now watching Dynamite as well. How did you sort of feel that AEW capitalized on that or maybe not capitalized on it? And sort of your thoughts on the ratings as all?
1: Honestly, in terms of the ratings, I think they had to have a number that was impressive for this week. And because if they didn't, it's kind of like you had all of these like Tony Khan really like put everything out there. He put everything that he had, he put it out there. Like when Adam Cole came out, I honestly thought that that was going to be it. I thought they were going to save Brian Danielson for a future show. Uh, I don't know, maybe the Arthur Ashe show, because I know a lot of people had reported that or had, you know, not like also like had that as a rumor that he was going to be there for that show. But, you know, we got, you know, we got Minoru Suzuki that we weren't expecting. We got Ruby Soho, which we were expecting, but we didn't know for sure. Adam Cole. And then on top of that, you know, we're all people are already marking out in person for Adam Cole. And then you get Brian Danielson on top of that. So you have so much momentum coming out of that show and coming out of that media scrum. You knew that something had changed there that night and you felt it like the second that we had Adam Cole and Brian Danielson come out. I think I tweeted something along the lines of the perception right now for AEW is so strong that as a person looking from the outside in, I would say, you know what? I'm going to start paying attention to these people if I wasn't already. And that's kind of how it felt. Like you kind of felt like it was a night of a big deal. It wasn't just, oh, surprises. It was more so of what the surprises symbolized. And so I definitely think that everybody sort of felt that way because even the following day, like I, uh, not the following day, but the Wednesday of uh, yesterday for Dynamite or yeah, Wednesday on Dynamite, uh, the day of Dynamite, I tweeted out basically saying that I was so excited going into the show. And so many other people basically shared my sentiment because it, it kind of it felt like a big deal. And they had to hit that ratings mark too. And I feel that you know, we're not going to see that growth in the ratings right away. I do think it's going to take time as we've seen, you know, uh, basically, history repeats itself. I do think it's going to take a while for us to really see the effects of that night. And we did see some effects, you know, again, with that rating with all the facts that you just mentioned right now. But I think as time progresses, that's only going to keep getting uh, stronger, you know, they're building a foundation. And right now that foundation looks pretty strong.
2: That that's what I was gonna say. Tempest is like you know, Denise is right as well. Like this isn't gonna be some like it's not gonna be an overnight success. Oh my god, they've beaten Raw in the overall viewership. Like that isn't something that's gonna happen, you know, uh, within just a week of Danielson and that coming in. But like yeah, the foundations here. One point five million tuning in for that segment, you know, with the elites and everything. A one point three overall. Like I think Tony Khan and the rest of the AEW team have got to see that as a huge win, right?
3: I would have to think so. I mean, we've been saying for a long time. That WWE is trending downward and AEW is trending upward. And I think this is just another example of that, where this is now the highest that they've gone since their debut episode. And we don't know what next week's rating is going to be. Obviously, the first show after All Out was going to do a big number with the debuts that came. But this is a really big number for them to get. This is a big step for them. And I don't see any reason to doubt that they could hit this number again in the next couple of months i don't know that that's going to happen but i wouldn't feel uncomfortable betting betting on it you know it's it's Mm -hmm. this company i've been saying this week aew is the number one wrestling company in the world they just haven't made it official yet and we're trending in that direction now like The public perception of AEW has been very good for a long time now. And you are now pairing that with a return from the pandemic that is now seeing them be able to land the top free agent stars in wrestling and combine that with excellent weekly television and excellent pay-per-views. And you mix all that together. And it's very hard to find major flaws with this company. And when they then have ratings, well, then you're starting to put actual Uh, tangible numbers to the success of the company and numbers have been going up. I have no reason to think that they won't keep going, keep going up, going forward. I think Uh, what also helps are intangible. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think definitely what also helped AEW too, is the fact that you recently, it's not like this whole CM Punk thing happened three months ago. Like this is literally something that happened within the last 30 days. And then right afterwards you get all of this other news coming in so it kind of feels like it it doesn't feel like there was a dry period where you weren't hearing about AEW on the news no you were hearing about it even if you again are not a an AEW fan but you're a wrestling fan period you're gonna be hearing about the news that they're doing right now so regardless of that like they didn't have that dry period where it's like oh they haven't done anything in a while no it was the CM Punk stuff that lasted for a bit and then right into weeks. So let me rewind a little bit first, actually, because remember we had what four weeks of that mark where they continuous four weeks, four continuous weeks where they had over one million. OK, that's news right there. Then we jump into the CM Punk stuff. That was news right there. Then we jump into this more news there. I feel like all of that kind of happened in a very nice like time period where you can't help it, but be like, oh, dang, like they're doing something here and right
2: now. What I would say, uh, or it's kind of further on from that point that you're making there, though, is that, yeah, we had that the four straight weeks of one million, right? And then we had Punk come in. And Punk was like a huge deal. Like, you know, it was the first time he's returned to wrestling in seven years. You follow that up with Danielson and Cole, right? So like, and Ruby Soho as well. So like, all of a sudden it's like, wow, you got this whole new huge thing here. That's kind of, unless like, you know, Bray is coming in or you are bringing in some other names like you're not bringing in any new names now you're not like spiking ratings with that so my question I suppose would be Denise is this something that they can do you think that these fans are going to be sticking around I suppose is the question like next week is an, a segment with the elites and Danielson going to do another 1.5 or is this just post pay-per-view bump intrigue to see what happens here like do you think they're going to be sticking around or are we going to see like this number just slowly go back to what they were doing, say, six weeks ago.
1: I do think that this was obviously a curiosity thing of tuning in and seeing what they're going to do with Adam Cole or what are they going to say? Because they've been sort of, you know, known for having people come out and say things, say things, you know, say indirect shots to WWE. And even though Adam Cole and Brian Danielson weren't necessarily going to do that, I do think people are curious as to what they're going to say on the mic, what they're going to do, especially having, you know, Adam Cole with the elite, how they're going to fit in Brian Danielson. What are they going to do next with CM Punk? You know, after this whole Darby Allen thing. But on top of that, the other thing that people were interested in, which I do think they dropped the ball on, was that main event match between John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki. And the reason why I say they dropped the ball on that one was because I do think that uh, people were expecting a certain caliber of a match. And due to time constraints and the way that it was essentially given like I don't even know how many minutes, but it wasn't necessarily that long. Minutes. Thank you. I do think that they dropped the ball there, but there, but that's a good sign too. And you not, not that they dropped the ball, but the fact that people were also tuning in to watch something like John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki, people had interest in that, which is why I think that they did drop the ball in the sense that they should have given that match, you know, a little bit more time and, you know, kind of felt, felt like the people I, I didn't feel in that match, like I was satisfied after that. I didn't feel like I got what I was hoping that I would get. But at the end of the day, I still tuned in for for that. You know, I still had a huge interest in that. So if AEW keeps doing stuff like that in terms of booking matches that people want to see, but then deliver... I do think that that is going to, you know, in the long run, just keep helping the company and keep helping the promotion, you know, essentially just like build stronger. And in terms of like, even for example, like the whole thing with CM Punk, all right. And that segment that they did on dynamite already, we know he's going to be working matches with team Taz. All right. So they're telling you right now in this one episode that every, that a lot of people tuned in for, you're going to be seeing CM Punk possibly have matches with these guys. So within that, that's up to the viewer now whether or not they want to tune in for that. Uh, the you know, Adam Cole and the elites. I feel like that right now is just a super hot story, even though it just got started. It feels hot to me. Uh, whether or not that's gonna get people to stay in and watch. Uh, keep in mind, you know, not everybody is gonna, you know, know the the, the backstory to this and all of that. So you do have to make way for new viewers to understand and all of that. Uh, I think they will. It's just more again of I think they have to keep consistently. Building upon what they have and not, you know, essentially just rely on these big surprises, because at the end of the day, people are going to want more depth to these uh, to these to these people that are coming into the into the company.
2: Point proven to that is like looking at the, the quarterly breakdowns of Dynamite. You know, I was kind of going through like what was the highest rated segment? Highest rated segment was the, the elite segment. Like there was, you know, 1.5 million views. Insane number. Followed up by the Ruby Soho Jamie Hater match. Top of the hour. So that was always going to get a big number. And interestingly, the third highest rated segment on the show was the Dark Order versus the Pinnacle in that six man tag. Um, Minoru Suzuki versus Mox was the fourth biggest segment of the show, which means that the CM Punk promo was not one of the highest things in the show. The MJF promo actually outdrew that in terms of ratings. So like Tempest kind of like to that point of, you know, Punk came in and drew this big number for Rampage. And, but like that curiosity number is now starting to like find what it is consistently. Like kind of what do you make of, you know, the elite coming in doing this 1.5 and Punk's segment now being like the fifth, sixth biggest thing on the show.
3: I think it's very interesting, and I think it just kind of speaks to AEW putting a certain amount of emphasis on different things on different nights. I think a lot of people just kind of assumed CM Punk coming in was going to be CM Punk is going to have the highest rated segment on every show because he's CM Punk. We haven't seen him in so long, and that's probably not going to be the case. He's he's another, I don't want to say he's another guy on the show. He's CM Punk. He's a much bigger star than many of the people on the AEW roster. But he isn't immune to taking a back seat for a week, I don't mm. think. This was a week where, you know, he came out to just kind of cut a generic promo to say, Cincinnati, yeah, yeah, no one better interrupt me. Interruption that kind of promo, which I think there were people who would tune in to see CM Punk do something, but the elite reintroducing Adam Cole was something that a lot more people for this week would tune into and make sure that they had to see if this was a few weeks down the line and the match had already been set up for CM Punk and Ricky Starks and they're going to do a face-to-face promo I could see that once again being the highest rated segment on the show I think this was just kind of an off week for him
2: yeah I think that's absolutely fair I, I think the the next question is now is like we have got a very big dynamite coming up the arthur ash show like i am right that is a dynamite episode isn't it like the yeah, Slam yeah. one so yeah. they've already announced for that mjf versus pillman jr but like this is the biggest show that aew are going to be putting on in terms of like the audience that are in attendance for it it's like a massive massive deal for them you've got to think they're going to want to make that the biggest show possible and in my mind and I, I said this on the aew review yesterday if I'm doing Omega Danielson now, I'm not doing it for the title. I think you can tell the story of like, Danielson just wanted to do this to have the match with him. I can make it saying like, you can have the match, but it's not going to be for the belts because you haven't climbed the rankings. You haven't earned the right to win a title shot. So you do Omega versus Danielson non-title. And maybe make that the main event of the Arthur Ashe show, like, and to like really pull in that huge rating. Like, I don't know, Denise, do you think there's like AW are really gonna like go out of their way now? Now they've got this momentum to try and like put on some epic shows, try and pull in a huge, huge number.
1: Well, you mentioned right then and there, you said this is a big show for them. You mentioned them going in with a lot of momentum right now, heading into that show. And even if that show necessarily isn't like the greatest show ever or anything like that the visual of them being at the Arthur Ashe show is going to look impre- at the Arthur Ashe location is going to look impressive. Okay. Um, you know, I, 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 I new to the Arthur Ashe, so I'm excited to see what it's going to look like. But again, if it looks like a big deal, People are gonna take it as a big deal, so I do like your your uh, I do like your idea on this. You know, doing a non-title match between Brian and uh, Kenny Omega, and the reason why I like that is because we know down the line we're gonna get a match between them. Uh, you know, for the title, we know that you shouldn't rush into it, okay? But if they do it in the way where it's like. This weekend, you had Brian Danielson telling Kenny Omega, I'm better than you, and you're afraid to essentially wrestle me because you know that I'm better than you. And this is another argument for another day, but I know here, everybody, you know, us here on the show, people watching the show, I know we all have our opinions on who we think is better, Kenny Omega or Brian Danielson. That within itself could be a legitimate argument right there, okay? So if you do this match at Arthur Ashe, I think it would be a good idea to maybe show that, you know, Kenny Omega isn't necessarily uh, in in storyline. Kenny Omega isn't necessarily on such a high pedestal. And they can tell the story of, you know, essentially Brian Danielson being right when he said that he was a better wrestler than him. And then, you know, obviously working around it so that, you know, uh, uh, you know, they could have Brian Danielson defeat him on that night. Again, non-title, we'll see. But I think basically if they make it in a way so where it's kind of like scares Kenny Omega into realizing that this guy could legitimately take his title, that would be a cool and fun story to tell. And again, given that they're promoting this show uh, so massively, might as well do something like that.
2: Tempest, th- 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 I raised this point yesterday on the AEW show, which is, you know, if they are going to do Danielson versus Omega, it reminded me of when TNA brought in Kurt Angle. And it was the first thing they did was Angle versus Joe, because that was the dream match that everyone wanted to see. And there was a massive amount of debate on the forums that I was a part of and sort of like, you know, wrestling friends of mine about like, do you have Angle beat Joe because Angle's first match in or do you have Joe win and establish the TNA star as like, better than this like guy that's just come in because otherwise you're just saying well this XWWE wwe guy is being put over the tna guy that kind of makes tna look low uh low rent i was i'm curious to get i'm going to ask Denise this question as well but like where do you fall on this do you have a mega win or do you have because like you're establishing AEW, or do you have danielson win because it's the first match
3: it's so tough i can't imagine that a match like this will go off with a perfectly clean finish because it just seems so early to beat either guy. You know, Kenny Omega's been champion for almost a year and even still he should be champion until probably Revolution, I would think. I think that's mm-hmm. when I would I would that's when I would have Hangman Page beat Kenny Omega for the title. Not at full gear. I want to see this continue on a little bit further. Um and I've seen a few people in the chat saying Maybe you could do a time limit draw. We haven't had a time limit draw on TV in quite a while. I think, honestly, that's a perfect finish for this kind yeah. of match. If you, It doesn't have to be like the 60-minute draw that you'd have in a title match, because that would be kind of ridiculous for TV. But if you did like a 20-minute draw on the main event, I think that's probably the way to go. Because it's so, this match is so interesting to me. And when they put it on Dynamite them coming face to face this was the first time in a long time that i saw kenny omega square off with someone that i would consider equal to him as an all around performer and not just as a performer but as presentation and everything like that because you get guys who are excellent like pack and orange cassidy and everything but they're very clearly like a tier below kenny omega on the AEW hierarchy And then Hangman Page could end up at that level, but he's on the way up, so he's not quite there yet. But man, Daniel Bryan, or sorry, Brian Danielson has a legitimate claim of being the best wrestler in the world and someone who could challenge Kenny Omega for being the best wrestler in the world, the best bout machine, whatever you want to call it. This is very exciting to me. It, oh, yeah. I think the Kurt Angle comparison is very apt in this situation. I don't think that as many people will look at him as the WWE guy. Cause there's so many of these new talents that are coming into AEW who have extensive history of being like ring of honor guys or guys from this place or that place where they've got a lot more like credentials with the hardcore fans than if somebody was just coming in from wwe then i might be a little bit iffy on beating an aew guy really strong but i think you could possibly do it with daniel bryan and get away with it too brian it's gonna take me a while
2: (laughs) i I did it earlier in this show the time limit draw thing i really like like someone said that yesterday on our show and i was like that's a great way around it but i i thought about this today when uh pack first came back into the wrestling scene he did a show over here for rev pro and it was pack versus will osprey and it was like the oh oh my god we're gonna get pack versus will osprey but that was also at a time when pack wasn't really losing anything because he had the Mm -hmm. dragon gate title so they did a time limit draw then and when that crowd realized it was going to be a time limit draw they started to boo and they really really turned on like the finish of the match so Denise, I suppose the question I was going to ask you, A, like, you know, what's your thoughts on this? And B, do you think that AEW fans might turn on a draw as well?
1: Look, here's the thing is that that I get what you mean by that. But then again, you have Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson, who are two of the smartest workers in the history of wrestling. I feel that if they were to do something like that, they would do it in a way where I have faith that they would make people sort of forget about that time limit draw so that when it does happen, you're just like, oh, shoot, I feel like they would come up with a way to make it so that the audience doesn't necessarily boo. Now I do agree with Tempest where I do think that regardless of whether you have Kenny Omega win, or Brian Danielson win, that they do have to do it in a way where it's not necessarily a clean finish to you know protect both guys. And again, when they do decide to do this for for the title, you always have that match to look back on. And here's the thing though, is that personally, I would not be upset if they did a time limit thing because I know, and here's the thing, I know that I'm not expecting necessarily, I'm not expecting them to have Kenny Omega, you know, beat uh, Brian Danielson cleanly or vice versa, okay? So going in already knowing that, I feel like all I want, is a good wrestling match, something that's exciting. And it's more so of wanting to see them in the ring together and wanting them to go toe to toe. But then again, at the same time, that's the mentality I'm coming from. Not everybody comes from that. Some people want to go in and see not just a spectacle of a match, but a spectacle of a result. So I do feel like, you know, there is different types of viewers. There might be people that are just like, screw it. I'm happy as long as they have a match together and they have a good match. But then there's going to be people that are going to be like, nah, we need to, we essentially need to have, you know, some sort of definitive, uh, you know, finish for the match. So again, I think they're going to have, if they do decide to do this match at Arthur Ashe, they're going to have to come up with a fun way to make sure that people are essentially pleased all around and that both competitors are essentially protected to, you know, to, to, till they actually pull the plug on them for the title. I, I,
3: I agree with everything that you've said. Um, and I've the more that I've thought about this time limit draw scenario, the more I like it, honestly, because I think they have a very interesting way of doing this match where because the time limit draw to me is not a bad finish by any means if it services the story that they're telling and in the early months of AEW like back in 2019 the very early days they did a handful of time limit draws and like the first one with Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes serviced the story because Cody wasn't expecting this young upstart first match in the company guy to be this much of a challenge and he couldn't beat him in 20 minutes that service the story and they look forward to the next match and such on so forth. Once they started doing it afterwards, that's when I think fans kind of started going, like, all right, just give us a finish. Like, give us an actual finish, not a seven-minute draw in the main event with Pack and John Moxley and whatever. That is the way not to do it. But if they instead had the angle B, Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, it's gonna take a while.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they
3: haven't wrestled each other since like their days in ring of honor in like 2008 or something yeah so they're basically going in fresh kenny omega is a completely different wrestler than he was then so you have them feeling each other out kind of similar to like the okada omega matches where all of a sudden it's very difficult to get all your offense in on a guy that you're still trying to figure out like that and when you're so good and so evenly matched it takes a lot longer to get going and sent, and then all of a sudden, 20 minutes isn't enough. It's yeah, not enough yeah. for a match like that. And yeah. if they tell the story that way, I think you can pivot and have anybody who's booing or unhappy with the lack of a finish, and you can turn that around and just have it further the story. And I think that's just an excellent way to go, honestly.
2: Uh, before we dive into uh, the Ultra Chats, because we've
3: got a bunch of people have got
2: some thoughts on this. So um, last question I did want to ask to the pair of you. Denise, I'm going to come to you on this first. Do you think that this will bother WWE in any way? Like yeah. AEW doing, like AEW doing this number, AEW doing this demo rating and beating Raw in the demo ratings. Do you think it bothers them in any way? Do you think they're going to try and do something on Monday to try and not, well, perhaps not counter programs, not on the same night, but try and do something that will boost a big rating for them?
1: I think it's a bad sign if it doesn't bother them. If you're not, if you're seeing somebody climb up those ranks and you're not doing anything about it, I would, I, I, I don't know what to say. That would just be a very bad sign. Uh, Competition is supposed to drive you. Is that not thing you're supposed to essentially, you know, be in a competition, therefore trying to better yourself. So they have to, they have to. That's it. They can't just see them as like, you know, when they're getting your wrestlers, when you're making these generous offers to these talents and they're still saying, no, I'm going to go to the other company. And this was something that both Adam Cole and Brian Danielson talked about on that media scrum. If you essentially have your talent still deciding to leave, even when certain talent has family, in important positions in the company, and they are still leaving, I'm gonna start wondering what the hell should I do? I'm gonna have to make some changes. And we haven't even talked about that Mick Foley video. I mean, one minute, one minute. The man said so much in one minute. And when you have somebody with a legacy and a career like Mick Foley, telling you that you have a problem, man, if that was me, I would be like, holy bananas I need to do something you know I need to change my ways it's like an intervention that's what it felt like an intervention I care about you you did great things for me now listen up because I don't want to see you fail and that's the thing like as a WWE fan I grew up a WWE fan I do not want to see WWE fail and there are a lot of people out there that do not share my sentiment and I'm fully aware of that but as a fan of WWE and because i have been my entire life, I do not want to see them fail. I want to see them succeed. And I also want to see AEW succeed because I am fully aware that you need more than one company to make sure that these wrestlers actually have a legitimate uh, opportunity to have a legitimate career where you don't have to work 50,000 jobs, work in the independent scene and making, you know, a couple bucks every show, we need more than one company to do that. So we need both of these companies to succeed. And you know, and also the other ones to like impact MLW and Ring of Honor. Okay. So yeah, that's where I stand on this.
2: I'm also like, from uh, our creative point of view as well, like it's always great when uh, multiple wrestling companies do really well because that means more wrestling fans and more wrestling fans come and watch us. I'm always reminded of, and this is <laughs> going way 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 back when, the
0: yeah, Golden Ball, Ball right? <laughs> the Golden, Golden Ball.
2: Ball. Yes!
3: Oh, Tempest. this leg, is why I leg. love you
2: so much. So back when uh, TNA first went on, to like go against uh, WWE, like they went against Raw, like during the Monday Night War, they took Impact to Monday Nights. People started having to go at Brian Alvarez, being like, "You just want Impact to fail, you want TNA to fail," and he was like, "I want them to succeed because if they do well, I do well, and if they're doing well, I could buy myself a golden boat." <laughs> and he has this whole thing about sailing on this golden boat that he's buying from all the money that he's making. So, yeah, I but also want a true. golden boat.
0: It's true, it's right? It's true. Man, I will tell you
1: this. Whenever wrestling is good, my podcasts do so much better. <laughs> and the money is better. Please. Good wrestling, good news, people being in a good mood is completely – Uh, it's underrated. I mean, come on. Like, I, I don't know.
2: I don't oh, know. man, I – there's, I, I don't think many things are going to pop me more this week than Tempest knowing that I was going to talk about Golden Boat. <laughs> I knew <laughs>
1: exactly go where you were go. going.
3: If anybody hasn't heard it, I'm pretty sure on the F4W YouTube channel, they have uploaded that clip like in its yeah. entirety. The Gold Boat rant. It's one of the best moments in the history of the Empire. Absolutely phenomenal.
2: But I uh, I'm going to come to you now about uh, your thoughts on on WWE do you think they're going to try and do something on Raw to counteract this do you think we're getting another legends night uh, a raw reunion a um I don't know I mean they have got the draft I suppose maybe they'll try and make something big out of the draft
3: Yeah we still got to wait for the draft oh we're saving everything for the draft pal <laughs> I I don't I don't know because when they try and do stuff like this like oh we need to shake things up we need a we need something new then we get things like retribution You know, that was supposed to be the big hot summer angle last year. And oh boy, it sure wasn't. So I don't know that they're going to look at this specific rating and be like, we got to do something. I think that they are much more affected by big names in the industry like Mick Foley talking about how great AEW is and how many problems WWE has. And they're just kind of like, shut up, Mick. Don't talk about it. Don't point it out. Maybe they won't notice. And a lot of people are noticing now. And I think they're a little bit more worried about that when you've got people like a Mick Foley pointing it out. So if they do anything about it, I think it'll be more in response to things like that as opposed to one specific rating. Because I seem to think like when they do these big moments and these big Legends Night... Raw reunion, whatever it's more in response to a particularly low rating that they have rather than a great rating that a e w has. I still don't think that they're paying that much attention to a e w and that's to their detriment. I think absolutely they should be looking at it like this is raw in nineteen ninety five and they're getting killed by Nitro. You know the numbers aren't there yet, but the quality of the shows are you' pretty much pretty much even you know. I'd, I'd probably watch a Raw in 95 over Raw these days. And I'd, I'd yeah. watch Nitro and Dynamite over over Raw in both cases. So I don't think that it's going to be a response to the big rating that we got this week. But if they do something in the near future, it might be a sign that they're taking things a little more seriously.
2: As Aatrock uh, puts here, rising tides raises all golden boats. Uh-huh. let's get into your ultra chats here uh thank you all so much RustTalk.com forward slash support get them in now we're going to read them all out above the five dollar mark ding 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 this is your last call for them mayor of Painesville, dan, dan said uh how's everyone doing aew did fantastic ratings everyone was looking forward to black versus dustin Road. shows with dustins always do good there must be something to do with him match was also fantastic this man does not age isn't he great he's
1: a great was- worker that was my favorite oh, match of the
2: night same here i loved yeah. it so much uh made coaching said i've never been sure why this demo is so important If a show we pulled in more viewers in a total but in a different demographic would this be seen as more impressive keep up the amazing work been a fan since the quiet ollie news days uh so the it's basically just comes down to advertisers advertisers yeah. are looking for specific demographics to, and that's how tv make their money is through their advertisers being like What's your demo rating here? We do this sort of numbers for these sorts of shows. Cool. I'm trying to appeal to those. Here's a load here's a truckload of money. Advertise my stuff to those people.
1: The yeah. young people, man. Everybody wants the young people. We're all obsessed yeah. with youth. The youth has the money. Well, <laughs> actually, exactly. not If you really exactly. think about it, they don't though. I was broke at 13 years old, man.
2: <laughs> and they are not yeah, watching I mean... TV either.
1: <laughs> You're on TikTok. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, they God. really
1: are though. Legitimately. Yeah, I, mean, right. I have siblings that you know they I mean, actually they watch like Netflix and stuff like that. They don't watch cable television. I <laughs> yeah. swear they're on TikTok and they're on Netflix. That's the hit.
3: Sorry, dumb uh, no, that about covers it. You know, I think <laughs> I think I think we've we've moved on from the, the, the demographic talk and advertising and whatnot. But I mean, like if you're gonna advertise like Gillette razors. Who do you want watching that show? Adult men with beards that are going to use them. Get right there's your there's your key demo for that ad. So it's hey, stuff I
1: like use that. Gillette too, man. Not for and my beard And adult women.
2: <laughs> Ten razors. And, um, also <laughs> like
1: you just me. both stayed quiet. You didn't even know how to respond. Yes, women use razors too. I know. I'm, Shocking. I'm married, Denise. I'm That's married. I'm like, why, why did you stay quiet?
2: My wife uses my razor because clearly you I'm see? not using it. So I you see?
1: It. you were like denise you had the face no, of wise no, denise, denise using I was, razors i
2: was gonna let you hang there because i'm just being like man someone someone can clip that out of context and just take it in various different ways so i was like can let denise just do her own thing
1: thank you thank you for leaving me underneath the bus
2: oh you're very welcome i got to i had a clip of me go viral this week is taken out of context i'm still mad about it ten rosa <laughs> said uh, would love to hear your thoughts on the future of aew on tbs Rampage going two hours against SmackDown at the better time slot, a better women's division effect on the ratings, how the universal tapings will affect interest in future talent. L I W. Um, I don't think Rampage needs to be going to two hours at this point. Personally, Denise, what about you?
1: I don't hate the idea, but I also know that right now it sounds all fine and dandy. And then when I realized it's going to affect every Friday for the rest of my life, then maybe i'll start thinking twice about it i already got three hours of wrestling that i'm covering that day oh yeah i'm, I'm gonna want to take a vac- vacation at some point uh
2: denise actually has a massive beard do you uh, love Tempest. it I have the
1: most beautiful <laughs> beard
2: ever tempus what about you
3: yeah it's tough because aew genuinely like dynamite is not even just my favorite wrestling show it's one of my favorite tv shows right now it's just great storylines and i want more of it it's got me craving more aew so the obvious answer to that is well make rampage two hours and then as soon as you do that it's like you can't really put you know the genie back in the bottle afterwards you know you've opened pandora's box and now you gotta stick with two hours every week and it's it's not quite the same as as raw going to three hours but there is a there is something to be said for oversaturation and they're they're in a good place right now I agree.
2: Yeah, like someone messaged us yesterday being like, oh, I think Dynamite should go to three hours and I'm like, oh, you think you want that but you nope. don't actually want that. Not um, for a second do nope, I want absolutely. that.
3: No universe.
2: No, no, no thank you. Rosette uh, also adds, uh, what are your predictions for the ratings for the Arthur Ashe show and do you think they need to start booking bigger buildings to make them feel like a massive deal? Hope Saturday Dynamites don't stop this momentum again. Love you all.
1: Hell yeah. I mean, think about it. If you're sitting here, like imagine like I was, you know, shooting this podcast where you could see the city skyline behind me in this gorgeous, massive studio, you'd be like, damn, Denise, she's rolling. Look at her. You know, the perception would be a lot better. There you go.
2: Golden boats. Um, Jared Hazelwood, so, and I think this is on the subject of Brian Cage, uh, saying, I get that Gage feels lost, but I think as the world opens up, that will fix itself. AEW's openness with other promotions may be a way to keep the main event scene rotating, mox leaves for a few months with gcw danielson goes to new japan for the g1 so on and so forth yeah i want to get your, your thoughts on this whole brian cage uh, situation with his wife's uh, message yesterday tempers i'll ask you first like what do you make of brian cage's run in aew
3: i think it is befitting a man of his talents Ooh. i think that In terms of... And that's not like a bear rule of Brian Cage. I'm a big fan of Brian Cage. But, you know, the main event scene of AEW is incredibly stacked. Especially now. And he's been a guy who has been given a featured spot on TV in a pretty significant faction and has had consistent rivalries since his debut i understand that you want to be world champion and you want to be in the main events every single week and everything because that's what you aspire to do as a pro wrestler and blah 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 but not everyone gets to be that and you kind of got to wait your turn to be that because what else are you going to do with him really he's not gonna beat kenny omega he's not going to be a world champion right now he's probably not going to be a tnt champion right now beating miro or any of the people they've got lined up for that belt right now he's good where he is and if he's not satisfied with that then i think that's just trouble brewing really you know and we've been wondering when people are going to start getting unsatisfied with their spots in aew and who might jump over the other way i don't know that that's going to happen but this seems like the first bit of speculation on that denise what about you
1: (sighs) I have two sides of this. One, I do think they could utilize Brian Cage a whole lot more. Somebody like that doesn't come into your, doesn't knock on your door every day. He's, uh, I mean, look at him. But at the same time, aside from his appearance, he's still somebody that is very agile. And he can, uh, based on what I have seen him do throughout his career, I do think that he can be in the ring with pretty much just about anybody and have a, you know, a pretty exciting match. Uh, I do, I would like to see him having more matches on Dynamite. However, the other thing that I do want to add to this though, is let the fans go out and say, we want to see more of this person. This goes for everybody. Let the fans be that voice because it just, um, it doesn't come across the same when it's like your own family doing it. You know, like you get me like, if I don't know. It just wouldn't come across the same. If my fiance came on here and was like, Luke, Ollie use Denise more on wrestle talk. No, let the fans do it. Let the fans say it. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that's just like, and I feel like unfortunate because I feel like even though Melissa had great points that she wanted to make, because it's almost because it was coming from her. I almost feel like that's why there was this negative reaction from uh, those people that reacted negatively to this. But I do think she does have a point in the sense that I, I wouldn't say he was misused, But I would say I would like to see him have more matches on Dynamite because I'm looking at this. So he had this match against Powerhouse Hobbs on September 1st. And, you know, they've been telling the story uh, with him and Team Taz. But I I even mentioned this on my show, even before this whole Melissa Santos thing happened, that they sort of, you know, started this feud. And then there was like this break. And then they kind of pause and go with it. And it's almost like they bring it up every other Dynamite. And I'm trying to see like, okay, when was the other time that he had a match on Dynamite? Before this match against Hobbs, he didn't have a match on Dynamite until uh, the last match was on July, July 14th. Yeah. So he went, uh, you know, a little bit over a month without having a match. And that was against uh, Ricky Starks. I do think they could utilize them in a, in a, you know, to have them do more matches there. But then again, like I said, let the fans do the speaking because that's just the way I think to do it.
2: Uh, Dan said, after watching All Out, I had the feeling like most people that this was a special event in wrestling history. It's not easy being a wrestling fan. It can be embarrassing at times. You guys make it fun. But after All Out, I feel vindicated for loving this sport. Uh, NS Ogre said, was at the AEW show on Wednesday. It was my first live taping. Everything was amazing. Wait until you see Andrade versus Pac. It was the best match of the night. So so happy to hear that.
3: Yeah, so, so happy to hear that
2: yeah we had a, someone emailed us it was up for their like live report said that it was it had it been on all out it would have been the second best match on the card so i am really i'm hearing really good things about it uh perseus m said missed the stream yesterday because i returned from cincinnati at 3 a.m had the best time there just want to say this do not miss rampage park versus andrade was epic the Papa Papaya said, I don't know if this is good or not, but I think it would be a pretty cool having the first Omega Danielson match end with the time limit draw. What do you guys think? Kind of covered that a lot. Uh, Great, Nathan yeah. said, uh, a way to do the time limit draw would be to time it so that the bell rings as Omega hits the one-winged angel, then have Omega and the Elite beat Danielson down in frustration. That way, any heat from the draw finish is absorbed by
3: them. I I-, I agree. I agree. It, I I think that is a excellent way to go. You take any of the heat that might have gone on to the the booking and put it on the heels.
2: Reese Hayes said, uh, "What if they do the time limit at full gear and have Hangman make the save post match? Then pair off Cole for Brian for Revolution and build a Hangman Kenny." There's uh, also two years on from that incredible tag match. If you do that Revolution, <sighs> I I, think I, the I point I'm...
1: was to to kind of like add to the Arthur Ashe show, right? Wasn't that? why we were that's kind of what it. we
2: were talking about yeah like some yeah. people were saying in the comments that like maybe they'll just do the tag match like you need know, to still do danielson uh christian kaz and say jungle boy or something and maybe you'll Luchasaurus and like do like the big baby faces versus <laughs> the super elite and kind of make that like the big headline match which i don't actually think is that like, it's also a really really great idea in this huge epic 10 12 man tag i agree uh, Tempest, like, where, where where would you put it if you're given the option uh,
3: well See, it's difficult because I feel like the way that I would do it is almost redundant because I would hold this off until after Omega loses the title, you know, and they're not going to do that. They're building for this match like now, you know, because I think if you, if you put it on pay-per-view, you have to beat one of them. If you put it on Arthur Ashe, you can do the time limit draw. So if those are my two options, I'm going with the time limit draw. Exactly. Uh, Chris-
1: I think you brought up a good point. If it's on a pay-per-view, there has to be a definitive finish
2: yeah i totally agree yeah uh chris says hi guys aw are very good but do they need to use their big guys like brian cage better wwe can do that with seamus and drew lashley and the i actually said this on a show recently and uh, took a bit of heat for it by saying like i don't think AEW do big guys particularly great i think they have a bunch of them but they don't really like they sort of put them on tv but then don't want them to lose And so then they just don't put them on tv that much basically it's just a way to protect them lance I'm mean, going to call him Lance Hoyt for a second. Then Lance Arch is a really good example of this. Like they never put Lance out on TV because they don't want their big guys losing all the time. They kind of treat them as special attractions. Maybe that's an argument to say that it's a good way of doing this, but I, yeah, I'll, I'll put the uh, question out there. Denise, how do you think that AEW do with their big guys?
1: They got to find a way to utilize them because if they don't, um, I think Luke, you just mentioned right now, was the way you tempt us. One of you guys just mentioned, um, and I was, and I'm glad that you mentioned it because I thought about this yesterday and I was like, You know, we've been talking about who is going to be, you know, the first person to jump on over to WWE, you know, instead of seeing it all go one way, who's going to be those people to go over to WWE at some point, not, I mean, AEW right now, again, like I said, looks really good, but we're not in the minds of everybody there on the roster. Clearly, Brian Cage is an example of that, that news that, you know, just came out. Signifies that he may not be as happy as some people might think if he feels like he's being underutilized and clearly had these conversations with his, uh, you know, with his spouse. So it's kind of like, I could see him now jumping over to WWE if they make him, you know, a beautiful offer. And I get it, you know, there's the whole wellness thing and all of that to, you know, consider and all of that. But let's just say they can uh, look past that and, uh, I don't know, bring him in or something. Uh, I could see them painting, you know, a beautiful picture for him and, you know, some other people that may feel the exact same way as Brian Cage. Like, we can't assume that everyone is happy because that's just not the way things are.
2: Uh, tempest how do you feel
3: i it's very difficult the way that the question is proposed i mean guys on the show like Sheamus and drew and lashley aren't necessarily pushed as like big guys they're just kind of pushed as wwe guys and wwe guys just happen to be very big whereas in aew the aew guys are much smaller they're the wrestlers wrestlers you know kenny omega is not like a tiny guy but he's not He's not Bobby Lashley as world champion, right? So I think there's a bit of a difference between the two companies there. But with AEW, I almost feel like they're kind of doing it the right way. A little bit. I can understand people being frustrated with it. But I've seen so many times in WWE, you bring in the big giant guy, and he goes crazy, he wins all his matches, he loses the world championship match, and if this was done in the 80s, you lose the world championship match, you move to a different territory, you do it again. In WWE, Braun Strowman, uh, Braun Strowman loses to Brock Lesnar, and he's a guy again. And then what do you do with him? So AEW, I don't think has really had that problem yet, where they build them up, build them up, build them up, have them lose, and then they're a guy. They just kind of spread out their stories a little bit longer. And I don't think it's a perfect way to go about it, but I also don't think it's that, all that bad either.
2: Uh, Nick has got a, a fairly long question here, so let's go through it. It says, uh, hi, Team to and Tempest. Glad to be able to ultra chat. Team Danuk again. Happy to send my first ultra chats to Tempest. Um, while I'm happy for the improvements made to the women's division as a whole, though, uh, though as a whole this week in AEW, it's still an absolute letdown. Once again, Hikaru Shida isn't in the mix on TV, and I'm starting to wonder what the hell is going on. While I'm understanding, um, but letdown, she didn't join Riho and Statlander in the Ruby Soho save. There is absolutely no reason she should have been left out of the Battle Royal Fallout promo. This makes her third three-month streak being absent from TV longer and more alarming during such a pivotal era of increased viewership and products awareness. Crikey, there's lots of these. Uh, products awareness, and it's still upsetting that booking still treats the one of the longest tyrants in AEW history this way. She is a complete afterthought, and I have to seriously wonder what she did to piss off Tony Khan, to have others, uh, to have others cause the situation. She doesn't have heat with the talent, as two wrestlers confirmed separately that she's beloved in the locker room. So uh, is there any backstage insight yet into why she is booked like she is? aew fans especially mega fans of shida like myself have a right to know why she's been done dirty like this and the company and the wrestling news community can't keep us in dark. i don't nick there isn't some big conspiracy <laughs> about rashida being off tv like i i yeah, i would love to see more shida on tv as well but the reason why she wasn't part of the save is because it was to build a six-woman tag and if you had shida part of that Then there would have been a one in the, there would have been an an odd person out there. So you had to have Statlander and Riho to make three on one side for three on the other side. So there's no like conspiracy. There's no backstage heat. There's no politics. There's no this and the other. It's just there are some wrestlers in AEW that have had their time and then they will be off TV for a while, and then they come back and have their time again. It's just they can't be on TV every week. So if you do that every week, people become saturated. You end up doing repeat matches all the time, and that's when people get really frustrated and get bored of seeing them. Keeping Sheeta off TV makes her still feel a little bit special. You keep her on dark elevation, keep her relevant, this mm-hmm. and the other, and wait until the time is right to bring her back into to big storylines. That's just me on this, but I really don't think there's some big conspiracy theory at all as to why Sheeta isn't on tv uh, denise what, what do you think about it i
1: love a good conspiracy theory but i don't think this one's it right now um i'm looking at her record here and ever since she lost to Britt baker at double or nothing lost the title she has actually been on a winning streak on aw dark elevation and aw dark uh, I think it's a 10 match winning streak if I counted correctly. And recently she also had another win. So she's been winning like re- granted. She's been winning against, you know, women that aren't necessarily like, you know, your Brit Bakers of the world, but she has still been winning a lot of matches. So at yeah. least there's that.
3: Exactly. It's just on a different show. Uh, Tempest. That's the thing. There just isn't enough TV time to go around for everyone. I mean, People like the Lucha Brothers weren't on TV for a good stretch of time there just because yeah. you can't fit everyone on there. And I agree that I do think a number of the, the people in the women's division definitely need to be given a bigger spotlight. I don't think that is even arguable at this point. But when it's this person or this person or this person, you just can't put everyone on TV. And Hikaru Shida got a full year as champion on TV. If I were to try and solve this, I would probably try and have more women's factions because that's the way that so many of the men are able to get on TV every week, even if they're not wrestling. Because you've got Team Taz, you've got the elite. Everyone ends up on TV for a segment, even if they're not wrestling. So if you were able to put like four women into one segment instead of just a one-on-one or a tag, maybe you could get more faces on TV that way.
1: But that is Uh the thing, though. So I do get what they're saying by the fact that when she was champion, though, they didn't really, really like highlight her as a champion, though. So I almost feel because she was not necessarily she wasn't, you know, portrayed as a strong champion, like the way they're not treating her championship ring the same that they are Brit Bakers, right? But there's a exactly. huge difference in that. So I almost feel because you had that, you know, you had her as champion and, you know, there were so many weeks where she wasn't on TV or she was on the sidelines, which you don't really, you don't do that to your champion, okay? You don't put them in there with everybody else, right? And they did that to her. So it's almost like because of that, I can see why this, uh, you know, this person that sent in this ultra chat feels this way because she went from such a high point where she was supposed to be treated and protected like a champion. And then, you know, after this she's kind of you know she loses the title and now she's you know relegated back to elevation where it's like if maybe if her title reign would have been protected a little bit more I don't think people would have kind of felt like they were kind of you know treating her as less than so I can see why this person feels this way um but then at the same time it's like yeah I get the whole thing about like You know, they're not being enough time for everybody because that is just the plain truth. And that happens for both the men's and the women's roster. We just got off of talking about, you know, this whole Brian Cage thing. All right, that's on the men's side. Uh, And then you have this on the women's side, which, you know, there are even fewer spots because let's be real, the women still get very little TV time as it is. So it's kind of like, I I don't know, man, it's a a difficult thing to do. But I so I mentioned this on my show the other day, because I was listening to Tony Khan's interview that he did on Wrestling Observer Radio. And I'm paraphrasing when I say this, but he did mention in there, like, you know, I know there's certain weeks where people feel like, you know, we're not highlighting certain talent, or maybe we're not doing something. But just know that like there's a plan for everybody. And like everything we do, like essentially saying like, we didn't hire people just to like, be there, you know, like, they have hopes to do things with everybody, you know, and again, that's impossible. Uh, you know, their roster is getting larger. And that's why, you know, they have dark and dark elevation. And now they have rampage and, you know, on top of that dynamite, etc. So I do think they are trying on, you know, trying to do that stuff. But yeah, if she does rain would have been better or not better, but if they would have helped her have it be better, I don't necessarily think we'd be here having this conversation.
2: Uh, the legit underboss said, "With Suzuki Goon announced for next Wednesday, who's the next uh, new Japan faction you'd like to see debut in AEW? I'm hoping for Lij Bullet Club."
3: Bullet, Bullet Club. Club
2: versus, <laughs> Bullet Club versus the Elite. Always going to be my pick. Uh, I mean, Tempest, oh, you're obviously you're you're with me with Bullet Club. Uh, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, we're agree. agreement.
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Give me, give me that blood and guts match. Bullet Club versus <laughs> <Yeah>. Elite. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. give me
2: that. Uh, plot twist Jones. Maybe they can do a WCW thing and run out of time for Kenny and Brian. Going off the air, still fighting each other. Because they've already no. introduced the they've got the time limit or TV time remaining. So I don't think they can
3: do that. And also you've got to still end it for the live. Just do a whole
1: show stuff. with just a bunch yeah. of time limit draws.
3: <laughs> I also don't think terrible. that's that's not a WCW idea I want to see <laughs> borrowed. <laughs> It's definitely like, not oh we're going <laughs> off the air folks find Can out who won that? next week no i'm good
2: sean cutter says uh, i know it's anecdotal evidence but i've got three friends who stopped watching wrestling over a decade ago who started watching aew recently as well as two friends who've never watched wrestling before they all love it aew strategy is amazing um and yeah i mean I, we've had plenty of people emailing and saying like when they were at the, the Cincinnati show this weekend, like people in front of them were like, Oh, I'm only here for I'm here for these people. I haven't been to a wrestling show since X amount of dates in this and the other. So I've heard a lot of anecdotal evidence that it's they are reaching those lapsed fans. Uh James Hanley says Okay, bro, at Vince Russo Appreciation Night, Danielson versus Omega in a best wrestler certificate on a pole match, bro. Done. Ratings achieved, bro. I don't know if you wanted me to do that in my Vince Russo voice, but um, <laughs> I won't do that. Too. I was doing my Taz voice yesterday and I, I was playing with fire, not getting a DM from Taz for really me mad, like mad that he doesn't like my impersonations. What is um, t- I
1: haven't heard your impersonation of Taz.
2: Well, team Taz? Well, Taz just told the promo. We tell the punk, get your name out of my mouth, bro. Like, guess, you know, you just got basically just do a New York accent and just do things. Someone said it sounds like Barney from the Flintstones, and they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Team Taz over here. I'm going to go bowling here, Fred.
1: All right. If you wouldn't have yeah. told me who you were trying to impersonate and if you wouldn't have used those exact words, I would have, if you would have said something else, I would have never guessed Taz
2: ever. <laughs> it's like a video game, Cole. Uh, James no, it's. T- I'm
1: kind of, feel, it reminds me of someone, I just can't put my finger on it, but it's not Taz
2: Oh, it's Barney from the Flintstones, that's exactly who I'm doing yeah. uh, James Andley says, how much do you think the pandemic hastened AEW's rise and WWE's fall? I'm not saying that AEW's response was perfect, but they certainly appear to be more flexible with talent and storylines throughout WWE seem to enter panic mode and have never really left I don't know, like because WWE has done nothing but climb since they got out of the pandemic, really. Like, now the crowds are back. Their ratings are sort of back to where they were pre-pandemic. So, like, there was a bit of a fall, but they've just gone back to exactly where they were previously. Uh, Denise, then what do you think?
1: I'm sorry, what was the question?
2: Um, Do you think the pandemic hastens WWE's rise, or, like, helps WWE's rise? Well, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were so many people that weren't going to tune in to watch the Thunderdome. There you know, a lot of, you know, what made what makes wrestling and what makes sports entertainment is, you know, the live audience. And let's be real. Like it was hard to watch the show without a live audience. And so I can see many people that, you know, don't have to cover this as a weekly thing. Uh, You know, I can see them skipping because they just didn't care to watch the show without fans.
2: So, yeah. Also, Someone said that my Taz impersonation sounded like Kermit. Sounds nothing like Kermit. That's how Kermit sounds. See, I was almost going to
1: agree with that, but then you did your Kerm impersonation and now I have to change my mind.
2: Uh, Chris says uh, hey guys just subscribe to City World thank you very much you should all go and do that Ollie and I uh, did our uh, our latest episode today was us reacting a literal live reaction to the um, Matrix Resurrections trailer because we were there as Warner Brothers were promoting it it was so exciting to do so go and check that out over on City World's channel uh, but it continues um, when WWE announced the change of direction for NXT like for big young guys Uh, People thought, like big, tall men, um, uh, with the signing of Gable Stevenson, I think we may have a change of thought. Uh, To follow up on my last message, Stevenson, Creed Brothers and NXT this week. Perhaps WWE is shifting from indie wrestlers to Olympic All-American wrestling for its new stars. Stevenson could be the guy to dethrone Roman, if all goes well at the PC. Um... One last one before i talk about alexa just want to get your opinion on this match if done well it could be a great story uh, the risk of doing a hell of a cell 2019 with alexa's character if this is a must win or can she recover from... oh right talking about alexa charlotte's right um one last thing uh, can tempest the former fact checker tell us how many one-on-one matches alexa and charlotte have had because i believe it's one of those rare things in wwe a new match between two legends who have never crossed paths before uh so that be one for you to have a quick fact checker on tempest but it, okay. Yeah. So the, the question we've got here is we've got the two-part question here. Gable Stevenson and um these other I, guys, like I yes, before I'm that.
3: Guessing. Gable Stevenson.
2: What did I oh is it Stevenson? Sorry, I don't watch the Olympics. So I say is it Stevenson? Yeah. Is it sorry? It's, I've it's Stevenson. Multiple, yeah. I've called him Stevenson multiple times. Um it's okay. something
1: it looks like it is, but yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, when this all fairness, Chris wrote Stevenson. I was reading what he said. Um so <laughs> that's that's my excuse and i'm sick into it i i would say that i i think it is counting your chickens before they've hatched that he could be the guy to dethrone roman reigns uh unless he takes this thing very very quickly to like a curd angle degree of like taking to this thing like a duck to water but perhaps we'll see the second i mean let's let's ask you uh, denise your thoughts on on way too soon
1: to even be having this conversation let's have this conversation in about a couple of months
2: at Tempest Gable Stevenson, Stevenson.
3: It's to me, it's the same thing that people were going nuts about Parker uh, Bordeaux, you know, last year or earlier he this year. Like yeah, it's just like, oh, he's he's gonna be on SmackDown, and he's gonna be Roman Reigns' next challenger. Like he has to learn how to wrestle first. It, I don't yeah. think we see Gable Stevenson on TV for at least a year, and if we do, it's because he is. Greatly overperforming For his skill level So like maybe he ends up on TV Before then but Let's let's up the brakes a little bit
1: I want to add one more thing Kurt Angles do not grow on trees I do not He was an
2: anomaly He was a once in a lifetime kind of wrestler
1: I hate when people are always like Oh the next this person The next that person Like we were getting the next Brock Lesnar The next Kurt Angle Nah I'm sorry there there's certain people that they have something because they have it it's like the next austin the next rock there's not going to be a next austin or a next rock because that's who they are like i don't like this whole next stuff
2: Uh, i have um, to go on that i I
1: saw that on twitter and i was like (laughs) next kurt angle (laughs) practically out of breath (laughs) heaving
2: uh, the other question that Chris had uh, Chris is Alexa Bliss question for the week I guess. Um, the uh, the match that we've got for between Alexa and Charlotte at Extreme Rules uh, the comparison that he has made here is the Hell in the Cell 2019 Seth Rollins Fiend match where like Fiend lost and it really damaged his character. Would a Alexa Bliss loss here damage her character if she loses at Extreme Rules?
3: I don't think it is a matter of losing I think it's a matter of doing hokey garbage. Like like, yeah, The Fiend not walking out with the title hurt the presentation at Hell in a Cell. But it also hurt that that was like maybe the worst WWE main event of all time. And if they didn't <laughs> just do a garbage fire of a match, maybe you could have done some way around it. But I don't know. I don't, I don't care about Alexa. Over the hokey garbage. I'm over it.
1: Alexa Bliss, people are going to like her because they like Alexa Bliss, not necessarily because of the character. So I almost feel like if she were to lose, it wouldn't necessarily hurt. I think if anything, it would give people hope of like, oh, good, she's done with this, you know, thing. But I don't think she is because they want to sell more Lily dolls.
2: Yeah. And also, as we all know, wins and losses don't matter. Uh, Bobby G (laughs) says... Hope you're all having a great day, in my view. I feel that uh, all companies could succeed if the Forbidden Door was non-existent. If, like WWE could save themselves, if they just worked with others, changed their formula on how they work with talent. That is never going to happen. Like, the Danielson thing is, is evidence of that. Danielson was just like, I just, want, I just want to work some New Japan matches. WWE could have said that, but WWE were like, no, if you're doing uh, New Japan matches, we're the only people that can have New Japan matches then. And that completely bollocks the whole thing up. They're, they're never going to have that open mind policy. To I do
1: not think that in order for WWE to be good, that they have to do these relationships with other companies. I think they have more than enough talent uh, to work amongst themselves the way they are. Creative is the issue. It's not whether or not they're working with New Japan or AEW or whatever. It's not that.
2: Uh, Charles Berg said, hello team Danuk Salcedo in and Tempest. What a fun and exciting time to be a wrestling fan. It's like the entire wrestling world, barring one universe, is working together to make wrestling fun again. That's really nice. Jam that jam. Brett Harvey said, good morning from New England. Question for the group. If you could only watch one style of wrestling, i.e. hardcore US indie strong style for the rest of your lives, what would it be? My choice would be 90s HAPW Kings Road. Jam that jam. I am wrestling... Wrestling is a is a buffet. I want to. I want. I don't want to just choose one thing from a buffet. I like the fact that wrestling is <laughs> is from a, yeah, from a
1: buffet. I like the way you say it. Say oh, it again. Buffet. 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 No, it's buffet, buffet. buffet. The Vampire Slayer. Like buffet.
0: <laughs> well, I now you're making it? me
1: question the way I say it. Buff- Let me see. Buffet? Hometown buffet. No, buffet. hometown buffet. I say like buffet.
2: A buffet. The Vampire Slayer.
3: Tempest i'm very confused about what's going on right now (laughs) to to answer your question we do
1: this this a lot
3: (laughs) to answer your question if i had to to pick like an era or something i would probably say like new japan from 2010 to 2020 because i think that's like just the best that it's ever been uh but that being said i think that the best wrestling shows whether it be the classic nxt takeovers dynamite and aew pay-per-views today or the best new japan shows are ones with a mix of styles where every match is different every match is unique and every match is engaging
1: preach preach it preach. to the choir say it louder for those in the back please like
2: the, oh i mean i completely agree like the greatest wrestling match of all times we all know is the hardcore triple threat from wrestlemania x7 of If the if every match on the card was that it wouldn't have made that greatest match of all time feel special
1: <laughs> look i can't i can't
3: and to put there to was... <laughs> rest charlotte and alexa bliss have wrestled two matches one at survivor series 2017 one on nxt in 2014 Are That's you
2: that's genuinely surprising.
3: Mm-hmm. That's Are you
2: really naming your baby actually. Raven? <laughs> no. Raven was not on the list of names for for the child, I'm afraid. Why no, um, no, I... not? Neither another any of the Ghostbusters names either, which they were for a little <laughs>
1: did bit. They get, did the they
2: popular. get vetoed? <laughs> I don't know. I, no, vetoed by myself. I was oh, like, I don't wow. think I could raise Egon Owen. I don't think I could. I don't think really? I could, like in all good faith call a child Egon just because i really like a movie that came out 40 (laughs) years ago
1: (laughs) i was expecting to welcome little baby raven owen
2: no that doesn't have a nice ring to it either maybe maybe it's a middle name (laughs) raven Uh, owen
1: sounds actually like a brilliant writer like i would read raven owens books
2: well maybe if i give it like as a nickname i can just call it like little rave
3: baby raven
2: Yeah, maybe they can go that way. Uh, Ten Rizzo said, so happy for AEW and I hope the gap can close even more within the next couple of months. The FOMO is still real with me nearly a week removed. So jealous. Damn it, Denise, why would you make me cry? Also surprised it was your first karaoke. I loved it. AEW, baby. Can't believe that was your first karaoke.
1: It was. I was so scared too. Like, my heart was pounding. How would they announced like the people that are going to go up next, and they were doing the names. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to say my name. Damn it. <laughs> Dang it. Dang it. Also, uh, my vlog yeah. is up. So you I guys know, can watch I
2: know. that. I, I actually haven't had a chance to watch it yet, only because. Thanks I a lot. To go. Are you going to
1: suffer from the FOMO? Because I put pictures. Oh, you, you might not be able to handle it, Luke. You might not be able, able to from handle it.
2: FOMO. But I am going to watch it, though, because I'm supporting my friend. Kevin, cheap plug. Go to WrestleTalk's website and check out Tempest's list of potential opponents for Brian and Cole. Amazing to see this deep roster and how many exciting matches it can offer. Tempest.
3: Those um, are very fun to write these days. I will be perfectly honest. For those who don't know, I've started writing uh, feature content on, the, on WrestleTalk.com once again. And we, this week, have put out lists of the dream matches for Adam Cole Brian Danielson, and Ruby Soho, so make sure you go over, check them all out.
2: I like this from the legit underboss. Luke, I want Bullet Club to, in, uh, to debut in AEW. Kenta, Hukaleo and Haku. <laughs> AEW, we had joke to you. I mean, okay, well, we haven't had, like, the Bullet Club. We've had members of the Bullet Club on the show, but it's not like you know, Minoru Suzuki was on the show. I wouldn't say that Suzuki Goon debuted on AEW Dynamite. Uh, that's right. my that's my caveat. That's my way out of that. Uh Robert says, Tempest and Denise. I know uh, I have to know what it was like to hear the live crowd sing Kazanina Ray. Did you join in? Denise.
1: I didn't. My voice was like so messed up, man. Like I'm I'm still so like my voice is still not back at a hundred percent, but just being there for the live audience was chef's kiss
3: tempest sure goddamn right i did <laughs> goddamn <laughs> yes! right i did oh, and it was man. it was so i don't want i don't want a barrier by any means but as i said i was sitting next to izzy for the show not a clue what everyone was losing their mind about so i was like Aww. okay well, all right whatever I turn around, and Phil Lindsay's behind me, and he's losing his mind. And we're just like, Let's go, man. Suzuki's here. This is so awesome. Oh and
1: I was tweeting. <laughs> bro the wi-fi was terrible so you know whenever i only got good wi-fi was whenever so i was saying this on my post show i only got good wi-fi believe it or not when the entrance music would like would hit so someone's entrance came out for some reason that's when i would get the signal to be able to send a tweet and so by that point in the show i was like you know
2: can i just raise a question nick Get yeah. off your phone, nerds. Like, enjoy oh. the show. What are you tweeting out about things for?
1: I'm sorry. People wanted to know my thoughts. And my thoughts weren't <laughs> even that great. They were just, oh, my God.
2: One of the most annoying <laughs> things I've ever witnessed at a wrestling show is when I was at a Rev Pro show and I was with Andy Datsun, who was buying a Christmas jumper while a match was going on. And I was like, Andy, get off your phone, jumper. man. It was, it was okay, to be fair,
1: I was not online shopping. I was <laughs> tweeting about what was happening on the show.
2: I see I saw Andy Datsun on his phone during an Akada Suzuki match, and I was like, get off your phone. You, get, you stop looking at your
3: phone.
1: Did the you try the CM Punk ice cream bar by any chance?
3: Hell yeah. Those yeah. ice cream bars Sorry, are Luke. great. Looks like
2: I, hey, I'm, being I was... sent, I'm being sent to a rapper. It's the closest I'm
3: getting. Yeah. I was expecting <laughs> them to just kind of be like, you know, your typical, like, you know grocery store ice cream bars those are good ice cream bars i don't know if they're selling them like post chicago week at all the AEW shows but if they are and you're there go get one
1: the funniest thing happened to me while i was eating that ice cream i was like you know when the ice cream starts melting and you have to start going sideways and the chocolate's like dripping down? I'm literally chocolate all over my mouth. And there were some people like on the other section that were like, Denise, Denise. And I was like, <laughs> Ugh. like chocolate. all. Thank God they couldn't tell because I was so far away. But I was waving and then like literally chocolate all over my mouth. But it was so good. Sorry, Luke. But like, you know, I'm not a big fan of ice cream. Man, this one was really good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm saying that, but it was good. <laughs>
2: Uh, love said. Uh, I really want to thank teams like WrestleTalk and Sean and Denise. I stopped watching WWE for a while but kept up with your content. Hearing you all talk about AEW has helped me get into watching them and be, uh, be able to be around all of this is fun. Dogs of Wrestling says Luke Owen, DAD, Denise, and QuizzleMania is Tempest. What a way to spend a day off. Hope you guys are all having a good day. Jam that jam. LIW for life. Uh, Denise, do you have a catchphrase? Also, I loved your Shang-Chi review, Luke. You're awesome. Thank you very much for watching it. Uh, Denise, do you have a catchphrase? I mean, because, like, no. you can't take mute Denise, I guess. That's Sean. No, I
1: don't have a catchphrase. I have a bunch of names, but not, like, a catchphrase.
2: Yeah. yeah you just the hardest it. working person in all the sports info. that's
1: your catchphrase. You coined it. I can't take well, credit
2: I, for that. Well, no, but you can, like, take that branding elsewhere. Like, everyone else uses it to introduce you. So, like, He's I mean, sure. I, I mean I would, yeah, Sean should really use that introduction. Really oh, you
1: swear. <laughs> well, yeah, I need a catchphrase. Someone come up with a
2: good one. Um, Babutel, AEW is really stepping up their game globally as we now know they just got their streaming deal done in India Costs 400 rupees a year 4 pounds and that's bloody hell 4 pounds for the entire year including all pay-per-views, 4 quid bloody hell Um, I'm just going to do a quick conversion rate see what that is in dollars is that like
1: $5? No, $2 okay, I'm going to place a bet, (laughs)
2: $2 no, I don't know
1: $5.50 oh okay, I wasn't that off $5.50
2: yeah, $5.50 for the whole year. I don't know what that is in Canadian dollars. It's probably like, I don't know, two cents or something. Um, <laughs> terrible Canadian dollars. Chris says, uh, hey guys, uh, I knew the answer was rare. That's why it, uh, people gave it a yes chance on Monday. Great stunner sell at Denise. Vran Twinblade, Denise, talk about how awesome 2D Lin is. Who? Says, talk about how awesome 2D Lynn is. 2D Lin? Yeah.
1: I don't know who Tootie Lin is. <laughs> what a Chase. burial. What Wait. An
3: absolute burial.
2: He's on Empower. She's on the NWA.
1: I don't know. Little
2: Little Blue Dragon.
1: No, I don't know. I'm sorry.
2: Um, nobody Ashley- else
1: knew. Did John know? <laughs>
2: I've got the power of Google on my side Ashley Olivia Cartwright said uh, Do you remember me saying to you Denise WWE is a morally bankrupt business They deserve what is happening to them Told you they were running out of goodwill They have to treat their talent better Apologies for the past a promise for a better future Filthy Casual said, when you cover Monday Night Raw, you're not covering three hours of wrestling, you're covering three hours of sports entertainment. Very true. Uh, Misha says, Denise, loved your vlog. Big question is, what song did Tempest and SRS sing at the karaoke? I was saving this question. What did you sing at karaoke, Tempest?
3: Tempest did not sing karaoke, unfortunately. Tempest was going to sing Take Me Home, Country Roads, but someone beat me to the punch, and I was... I was upset. I was like, "God Who's damn it!" This that
1: one, Was it somebody that it knew? was
3: no. It was just some guy. It was just some guy, and I was like, "Oh man," because that's my karaoke song. That's my like one karaoke song, and they stole it from me. They stole it from me. Um, <laughs> like SRS of songs did in the though. world. Yeah.
1: Okay. To be fair, he didn't sing an actual song. It was Jeremy's song, and then John Alba and Connor Casey joined in, and then Sean got FOMO, and then he went in and joined in.
3: That's exactly what happened. I can't remember um, exactly which song it was, though. I didn't know the song, a- so. Friends in Low Places.
1: There you go. That was the song.
2: Yeah. Quick update. Um, Lu- she was a fan of favorite and empowered. Uh, she was the people uh, they wanted to win the battle royal. Um, and, and I wonder Denise, really, like, if you if you wanted to do better on your platform, you really should support women's wrestling more. Yeah, like, you that's know, I do zero
1: doing. support of women's wrestling because yeah. you know they're not I mean, on. Women are not on Raw. They're not on Impact. They're not on nope. AEW. They're not on Rampage. Jesus, you know, why would I, a woman, don't even get me started on that comment. <laughs> <People> just- <laughs> <laughs> like, look I've gotten to the point people just want to attack me just to attack me at this point so you reach I'm a level, like, bud. yeah I'm there right now so I'm just like all right you know and if I'm in a grumpy mood I'll respond oh, or I also like if I, or also if I feel like someone's just being like idiotic I'll have to say something where I'm like dude don't be this person come on come on I also don't I mean I could go off on this but I'm not gonna but I do not like Well, you know what? I'm not going to go off on this tangent. Continue on.
2: Uh, Gary Coxhead said, "Watched your blog, Denise? Congrats on the weekend. You three are ace. Keep it up. Have a great weekend. Uh, thank you to Chris uh, for your other messages and to Filthy Casual, who said uh, told us to go all screw ourselves. Uh, so that is very nice. Thank you all uh, for watching. This has been an incredibly long show. We have had a lot to talk about today. So, uh, Denise, what have you? what would you like to plug outside of your blog?
1: Okay. Just go to youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I'm so close to 50K. It's like, I'm like a thousand something away from hitting 50K. So please go there. I have all the scrum videos up. Uh, You can watch them in full. And then also my vlog is there, which I just posted. And it already has like over 6,000 views, which for a vlog for me, is like a lot. And I wasn't even sure if my vlog was going to be great, but there are some pretty there's some fun stuff in there. So I would definitely go and check it out. And then I mean everybody's been liking it so far. Um, so yeah, and then I'm also I'm hoping to get to 40k on Twitter by the end of this month. So please go there too at underscore Denise Salcedo. Uh Tempest,
3: anything you'd like to plug? Uh yeah, there's always stuff that I want to plug. Um my YouTube channel, Tempest the Wrestler. You can follow that right here, is like 10 subscribers away from 5,000, So that would be a cool landmark to hit. Uh, for the weekend. Otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter at TempestWT. You can watch Quizlemania next week. That'll be fun. And also the NXT review from this week, the SmackDown and Rampage review that will be happening on Saturday. Uh, There's a whole lot of stuff going on, WrestleTalk.com, when it comes to features. We've brought on a lot of feature writers recently, and some names that you might recognize from various shows here and there, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they can all create together. And before wrapping this up, I just want to say thank you and plug all the lovely people that I met in Chicago, because this was like the first time that I got to go out into the world and be like you know a media person at a wrestling show and it was amazing to meet denise and and the church of joshi girls and phil lindsey and i'd met sean ross Sapp, but actually getting to hang out with him for a few days and everything was very nice everyone was so great no one was a dick everybody was just amazing and then the same goes for all of the lovely people that i got to meet in chicago that were fans that came up and said hi Took pictures and just wanted to say how much the Wrestle Talk meant to them. I got to talk to, to Val, who runs uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, who's a big fan of Wrestle Talk, and she was just the sweetest woman in the world. So everyone was great. Everyone helped make my week that much better. And I want to thank every single person that I talked to in Chicago for that.
2: Well, screw the both of you for going. All right, first question's first. What do you guys have for breakfast when you went out for breakfast? When you went out for breakfast together?
1: Bagels, <laughs> eggs, yeah. sausage, hash browns, coffee.
3: That's good. Good breakfast. Tempest? It was it was a good breakfast. I had eggs, uh, sausage, um, hash browns on an English muffin. That's important. That's very important mm-hmm. uh, bit. Uh, and some apple juice because I don't drink coffee. So
1: that was the okay. major difference. We had everything the same, except you had an English muffin and apple juice and I had a bagel and coffee.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, do, you, do we want to talk about the uh, the getting home incident and you guys getting stranded and like Sean essentially abandoning Denise at the, uh, the arena and stuff? Because like, man, that must have been like horrendous, right? To be like left outside the building and just like not being able to get back to your hotel.
1: And keep in mind, we came out like at one something because we had done the media scrum and there were still people like waiting. Um, So my fiance, he was on the other side. And he said that by like the holiday end, there was like all of these people like trying to get out. So essentially what was happening was there were not enough Lyft drivers or Uber drivers or even taxis by that mean by those, they weren't there to pick the people up. Like there wasn't enough. Um, so people were either walking home, trying to get a ride or literally just waiting for hours. I would go on the app and it would just tell me no drivers nearby, no drivers nearby. And I had it there for like ever and just nothing would happen. So then I told, uh, so I knew Sean had a car, so I didn't, I don't have Sean's phone number. I messaged him. I messaged him on Twitter. Didn't get back to me. So I Facebook called him twice, didn't answer. So then I saw John Alba was there and I was like, do you have Sean's number? He calls Sean, but then by then, Sean tells me he already left, so he couldn't come and give us a ride. So we're all there. It's, it, it's Tempest, it's me, it's my fiance, and it's Brian Rose. And we're all just like, man, what the hell are we going to do? And then thankfully, Brian Rose um got in contact with Tony who Tony gave us a ride there but I wasn't sure to ask him for a ride back because he said he was going to be doing stuff that he was going to be busy so I was like okay like he already gave us a ride over there like I don't want to call him right now at this hour and and he wasn't at the event so I was like I don't want to call him and you know have him come over here but Brian ended up calling him and so he ended up you know essentially uh coming over there and picking us up and essentially saving us all
2: tempest
3: how did you find the the whole situation uh i mean denise belt covered it it was eye-opening to see the parts of chicago that suck and that's everything to do with uber i will tell you right now you can get an uber or a lyft or whatever in toronto in any area of toronto suburb or otherwise in like five minutes tops at any time of the day You could not get an Uber to save your life in Chicago. And if you could get one, you were waiting 16 minutes. And if you needed to be somewhere fast, they were going to hit you with a hell of a surge charge. So that part absolutely sucked. That being said, Tony is an angel and saved our asses in a monumental way, because the only other option at that point was walk back to the hotel.
0: And, and I was already been, ready, too.
1: Yeah,
3: Denise <laughs> was saying, like, okay, let's just start walking. Let's just start going. We start now. We get home earlier. And that would have put what, us... What, what, what distance are we looking at? Like, what, How long would it take you to walk back to the hotel?
1: We
0: checked, it was like an, an hour and a an half. An hour
3: and a half walk. Oh, that's not that bad. It wasn't that bad because our hotel was fairly close to the venue. But still...
1: So let me it was tell also you why
3: like 1.30 or 2 a.m.
1: Yes. On top of the hour, these roads are not your roads with like street lights and stores and homes. Oh, okay, right. We saw mm-hmm. people when we were driving back. I felt so bad for them. We went down this road that had zero streetlights and it was just like a bunch of bushes and the only lights were like the car lights that were passing by and that was like not an ideal place to like be walking. And then here's the other reason why it was not ideal. My flight... I had to be at the airport by 5 a.m. Okay. So I only had, I needed time to upload my videos before I left. And if I would have walked, that would have literally taken away my entire time to upload any of my content. And therefore that would have pushed my content to come out about six hours later, which would not have been ideal. So I yeah. was legitimately like, holy, holy moly. I need to get out of here. We need to go.
2: Well. Bless you, Tony, for, for taking my friends home and, and, and getting them home. Well, getting them back to their hotel safely. Uh, I'm going to ask you both, Denise, favorite part of All Out. Um, like, and you're actually, I'm well, going to straight up, favorite part of your time in Chicago.
1: Um, non-wrestling, the boat tour that I took, it was phenomenal. You ever go to Chicago, do the boat tour. It was great. It was so relaxing. Um, wrestling-wise, I would definitely say um, getting to... Uh, experience that CM Punk entrance and that moment when Brian Danielson came out and then also seeing the Lucha Brothers win the tag team titles.
2: Tempest, favorite part of the weekend?
3: The answer has to be All Out just because it was, I believe, the greatest pay-per-view that I've ever seen. I put it like number one on the list. So being there and seeing the cage match and seeing Minoru Suzuki come out seeing CM Punk wrestle live, then seeing Danielson and Adam Cole debut and Ruby Soho. And there were just so many great moments. Like it was an unforgettable night. But I do want to make sure to uh, to also say the GCW show that Denise was ring announcing for, because that was just such a different atmosphere. And it was so much fun to be able to go there with Sean and with the Church of Joshi girls and be able to just hang out and just, you know, we were all, you know, standing room only, we were just kind of standing there mingling with people, people would come up, say hi, and we'd all just be watching the show together. It was the most just watching a show with friends moment that I had that week. And that was was very special. That was very cool. I did pop when I saw your tweet, Denise, that you said like some guy just walked up to
2: you saying like, oh, hey, Denise. And you're like, oh, hey, who are you? <laughs> this guy here, not wearing his mask.
1: I told my grandma about it. I told my <laughs> grandma to give her a recap of my terrible day. And I was like, on top of that, a guy that I work with, I didn't recognize him. He's going to think I'm like, and I said the B word, but in Spanish. And she was just like, oh my God, Denise. And I was just like, yeah, I was like, I told her the whole story, I felt so bad, but I didn't recognize him. And I just I I was completely out of it. I mean, it was a whole thing.
2: I, I think I would, I would recognize Tempest if only because, like, when we have our weekly meetings, he's not wearing the mask. So I know what Tempest looks like. But if I'd only met Tempest, like, wearing a mask, would I have
3: recognized if he came up
1: right? to me in the Thank street? You. I don't know. Thank you. And, and I yeah, think, but... did you have the COVID mask on? I think you did at that point, huh? Yeah.
3: Yeah. The only part of my face that people usually get to see was covered. <laughs> yeah.
1: But then you so took like... it off. And by that point, I had already had, like, a couple of seconds of looking at your face.
3: I yeah,
2: like, would you not have thought? Oh, hey, it's me. I'm Tempest.
3: Well, I hadn't, I hadn't gotten there yet because, like, I walked out the front of the hotel, turned, and just kind of said, "Like, Denise," because she was just sitting there, and I didn't know we were staying in the same hotel, right? And it was the reaction to my just like Denise that she was like, "Oh, hi, what's your name?" I was like, <laughs> "Well, um, it, it, it's Tempest, actually." You know, hi. <laughs> You know, if I had like seen us like, oh, there's Denise. I'm going to go say hi. I'd be like, hey, Denise, it's Tempest. You but... did see
1: Denise, though. That's almost like, okay, so yeah. she knows me somehow. I just don't know how. But to be fair, it was very easy to recognize me. I was wearing my Taylor Swift shirt. So you, you can't, you can't, like, you'll know it's me.
3: Of course, that's what everybody <laughs> first thinks of when yeah, they think cool. of you. None of this wrestling coverage. It's yeah. the girl with yeah, the Taylor or, Swift or your shirt. your face. <laughs> like yeah, is, or yeah. Like, i would recognize you
2: by your face but like, oh, there's just a person in case, wearing a taylor swift t-shirt That's just probably in case. Denise.
1: i didn't look my best that day i was i had just i was traveling i was a little grumpy that day i wasn't in my tip-top <laughs> shape you know but i mean like it was just funny to like have that like interaction and i posted it on twitter and it like blew up people loved the story
2: it was very funny i i loved it i am um, i've told the story before but when i when we did wrestling media Con a few years back i was in my hotel room and i was just getting things ready for like the first day and uh matthew of botchamana dm'd me to be like oh you're coming down to the lobby and i said yeah yeah i'll be down in two seconds and then i so i sent him that message went down to the lobby went up to math and i was like oh hey math and he was like oh hey man uh what's your name i was like oh. it's luke you literally just dm'd me like asking if i was coming out of the lobby i'm right here oh
1: wait how did he not know what you look like though
2: I don't know. He was just like, I was like, oh, I don't know what I didn't think of that. And I was like, yeah, you literally, you've asked me to come here. So it now happens. I'm here. It happens.
1: There you yeah. go.
3: But I now had... I will
1: never forget what Tempest looks like ever.
3: Thanks. Thanks, Denise. A whole week, hopefully, will burn my face into your memory. It has had... it's
1: been ingrained. <laughs> I know it. I could draw you, I could sketch you out.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I had a very uh, similar moment the first time that uh, the Church of Joshi Girls were like face to face with us. Cause Sean and I were sitting together at Rampage, and Rampage ended, and the the dark matches afterwards were still about to go on, and the Church of Joshi girls all walk up to, uh, they're walking up on the floor, and we're sitting in the one hundred level. So they walk up and they're like, Sean, Sean, hi, and I look over and it's it's Alex and Kayla and Zenya, and I knew that they weren't gonna recognize me otherwise and i was carrying the mask like at all times this weekend just having it in my pocket in case in case anybody recognized a tattoo or something which did happen not that far fetched and i had to pull the mask out of my pocket and just like hold it up and be like alex huh? <laughs> uh that's me <laughs> and they were like oh my god it's tempest <laughs> and then we all went to gcw together so it worked out
1: you're like this is put put two and two together <laughs>
3: it's it, it
2: this yeah it's me <laughs> I thought this podcast would be really fun actually all this make me think I was just like no well my friends got to hang out and i didn't get to go why
1: do you do this to yourself luke why do you do no. this to yourself
2: I'm, I'm living vicariously so it's why i'm going to watch your vlog while i'm editing like the podcast and everything so i can yep. kind of like so i can live through it vicariously i do want to like uh, i mean ollie and i have not done a wrestling show in the states ever we've been invited out by wwe a couple of times to go to shows and we've never done it if exactly. only because like Only because, like, at the time when we were getting those offers, they don't give us those offers now, but when we did get those offers, it was just the two of us. And if we went, like, we wouldn't have been able to make the content that we make, which would have, like, hampered the channel and the others. We never did it. But I think there's part of me that's just like, I think we need to do, like, a a US excursion at some point. It's funny, we were meant to do, so Mania last year, we were meant to be at at a convention in the Midwest. And we like and it was over mania weekend we were going to host a wrestlemania party in wisconsin i think it was in fact and we were meant to do that then and then the pandemic hit and we couldn't do it anymore wow so, yeah, we were meant to do we were meant to do like a big uh, i think it was the midwest gaming classic i think it was the events
3: oh, i was you? gonna go to england for wrestlemania last year <laughs> i booked a, a flight and everything to go and then it got canceled due to the pandemic. So good to know that if I went, none of you would have been there. <laughs> uh, well, everyone else would have been there. It would only be me and Ollie that was going across.
2: So like Pete and Laurie and everyone, Andy was still being here. But like the, the cool kids would have gone across to the States. But I would love to do like a tour proper, like all of us going across and having a going to a wrestling show. And I would love it to do like, a, like Double or Nothing next year or something. I think it'd be awesome.
0: You Wrestle got it. You Vegas. got to. We
1: can't have this FOMO conversation again next time.
2: No, I know. Yeah. And like, uh, uh, it'd be nice to get to Vegas where I've actually got a bit of cash on me. And I'm not like strapped like I was last time. It's like 10 bucks to my name. Um, Denise, uh, what do you got going on this weekend? Um, kind of like a
1: i bu- oh, I'm going to Disneyland actually. What? Yeah. To Anaheim. Yeah. I'm so excited. I've, those were tickets that I got before the pandemic and I'm barely using them. <laughs> so this has been a very long time in the making. <laughs>
2: Are you gonna do the Guardians of the Galaxy ride?
1: Well, that one's in, in California and Disney's Adventure, and I only have uh Disneyland passes because they only let you oh, use them. Like the ones I got, I could only pick one park. So the next time I go, because I have three, I could go three times. So the first time I'm going, I'm just going to Disneyland. The second time I'm gonna go to California, and then the third time I'm gonna go to Disneyland.
2: Okay, fair enough. Um, so what are you gonna do when you go there? Eat. <laughs> in disney like that's not what you get a disneyland for i'm just gonna go and try all the terrible what terrible microwave food can i get that's pretending cost me at 15 dollars or something
1: they have desserts. they have like candy desserts that's what i want to go do (laughs) i just want to walk and eat
2: Tempest, are you doing anything more exciting? I mean, I, I, how how am I having this conversation where I'm like, are you doing anything more exciting than going to Disneyland? I was going to gonna say I'm going to Disneyland to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so like what?
1: Do you not like to eat, Luke?
2: I love to eat, Denise, but like when I go to Disney World, I'm not there being like, oh man, what what uh, culinary delights I've got in store for me when I walk and see them to the oh,
1: house. I'm going to take a picture of everything I eat and I'm going to send <laughs> it to you.
3: <laughs> well, forward to that. No, I'm not doing anything more exciting than going to Disney, but I am going to a barbecue this weekend, so I'm looking forward to that at least. I'm also going to eat. Boy. That's slightly different. Oh,
1: We should both send our pictures of everything we eat to Luke. (laughs) That's it. That's what we're going to do this weekend. You're just going to get a bunch of food pictures.
3: You better be prepared, Absolutely. Luke. I'm eating a lot of food this, week, this weekend, brother. Like, after a oh, week man. of eating nothing but fast food in Chicago, because that's all that was available. Like, that one breakfast that we had was like the best yeah. thing of the whole week. Cause I was like, oh, real, real food. Fun. I ordered a pizza and I ate that pizza for like two days.
2: <laughs> you know? William, can I get an opinion on this before we move on? Uh, before we leave, in fact, this whole deep dish pizza thing. Like this looks like a this 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 nightmarish vision of what people think pizza is in Chicago. It looks like looks like us. I this did not like like any, like, any sort of pizza I ever want to eat.
1: I didn't like it. I'm more of a pan pizza person, skinny pizza person. I didn't like deep dish.
2: Well, uh, I mean, I the deep dish, like I love a big crust. Like I like the dough of a pizza, but like that's why I think a New York, slice is kind of the way forward. Tempest, what are your thoughts?
3: i love deep dish pizza <laughs> absolutely love deep dish pizza every time i go to chicago i have to make sure that i get a deep dish pizza it's just more pizza there's just more pizza in every bite it's the same taste as pizza it's 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 dough and it's sauce and it's cheese and it's whatever toppings which if you're luke means just sauce and cheese that's all you need. But Sure. Classic
2: margarita. It's the, it's, it's the connoisseur's choice. You don't need toppings. That's for children.
3: Sure. Sure. But <laughs> I do love a deep dish pizza. And people want to get hung up on, oh, it's not a pizza, it's a casserole. It's like, I don't care what you call it. It's delicious, and I love it. It doesn't look like a casserole, though. It looked like a casserole dish. Yeah, um, it's like right. a lasagna. It's a really dense
2: lasagna not into that anyway uh for my weekend uh we're doing countdowns because it's due date tomorrow so so exciting i don't think it's i i'm i've already started booking full week of work next week i think i'm doing a full week i'm recording with denise on monday so like it's you know unless the
1: baby comes this weekend
2: well yeah in which case you're probably doing it with pete but i mean if you're lucky you'll get to do it with me so you know we'll we'll see what happens
3: I so desperately want the baby, like the announcement of the baby is coming to come mid podcast. Yeah, like at, we need that reaction. There was a sportscaster in in Toronto here where it was literally like mid broadcast was like, "Going, guys, all right, baby's coming," and just took off. And the other guy was like, "Oh, oh okay." solo yeah. show now i want that to be exactly what happens sometime over the next couple of weeks are just- you nervous
0: Luke?
2: I- uh uh no no, no f- i'm feeling pretty prepared like i think it's gonna be one of those things when it's here it's becomes a little bit more real uh but i'm not nervous about anything i think i'm just excited like i'm just excited to meet the little whatever it is we don't know so i'm just i want to see to- the to panic
1: in, in your eyes and that's like it's time it's time <laughs>
2: I was talking to Ollie about this yesterday because a friend of mine, when his wife went into labor, like she was like, Oh, can you go and get the bag? Talking about their birth bag that they packed together. And he went and brought back her handbag.
1: Oh my God.
2: She was like, What do you think I need this for? Like, I don't need my handbag right now. And my other friend, when his wife went into labor, just started doing the dishes. He just sort of went into like panic normality, just started doing the the washing up. And she was like, We don't need to be doing that right now. He's like, But then it's the house is nice when we come back. I just feel like we need to do the dishes right now. That's so I wonder gonna what, what you're
1: like. going to do. Like, what's going to be your thing where you're like, I got to do this.
2: <laughs> Panic normality. I'll probably start editing a podcast. That'll probably Oh my be God. Like, I'll be like, oh, I, I need to get same. that podcast edited. I need to get that podcast edited. I haven't finished an edit yet. I need to get, get that done.
3: When That's my, exciting. When my mom went into labor with me years ago, they went to the hospital and she wasn't close enough to giving birth that they just sent her home and said, like, come back in a few hours, you know, we'll take care of you. Comes home, is lying in bed. My dad falls asleep on the couch with the volume turned all the way up on the TV. And my mom then has to get out of bed herself and go out to the living room and be like, it's time to go back. (laughs) She she was screaming his name and he was just out. Out on the couch. Oh my
1: goodness. That's so cute though.
3: (laughs) Funny, funny tidbit that was also her birthday because her birthday and my birthday are one day apart. Aww, that's bad. Yeah, so I ruined her birthday. 25 years ago. <laughs> no, you made it better.
2: Um, right. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get out of here, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Tempest will be back on the show tomorrow with Pete reviewing SmackDown. Big SmackDown show this week as well. It's the Madison Square Garden show. Lots to be talking about there. So uh, have a nice weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week. Love you.